Warning, some members of this podcast have been known for gratuitous use of the F word. If the F word is something that offends you, fuck it, let's do this. Awesome. Hit the theme music, Doug. (laughs) Greetings, all you silly suicidal software engineers. It's time for another rant. But before we get into our rant, it's summertime here in Georgia. Summer, summertime. It is summer. And what does summer bring? Summer brings hot dogs and uh, hot weather, backyard barbecues, and a lot of humidity. And with that humidity comes a lot of heat. And it's very hot, it's trapped in areas. It is. And I have. Actually, I'm, I got this toddler. I'm going to let him explain exactly how I feel. Hey, Jojo, get in here. I'm sweaty. Where, what? I'm sweaty. Where at? I'm a book rack and my balls and really? everywhere. Oh, butt crack in your balls. <laughs> so, yes, my butt crack and my balls are very sweaty. My neck, my back. My butt crack and my ball. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That little dude just did a remix. Yeah, we've got our own yeah. little remix going on there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking nasty out there. Oh yeah, it's enough to make. Uh, well, it's it's enough to make you want to kill a man. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> I don't. I mean, this is my first summer back from Ari- from Arizona. So, I mean, I was here on the tail end last year, mm-hmm. but. Honestly, I'm still going to say, yeah, Arizona is a shithole in comparison. It's like, yeah, I, I, and the worst part about it is it's just once you're at 110, it doesn't leave that level for like the next two and a half, three months. And so it's just hell but I it is dry it is dry out there i don't give a shit it, and uh, that does matter it matters tremendously because it, when it's hot here and there's no humidity it's I love wonderful it, it is sure. wonderful it's, it can uh, be a hundred degrees outside as long as there's no humidity yeah i'm golden yeah but if it's 85 and 90 percent humidity go fuck yourself dude, yes fuck yourself hard because you're, it's just like we were talking about. You said you soaked your hat for the first time of the year. Yeah. You know, so that's how hot it's been this week. And it's not the, everybody always says it's not the heat, it's the humidity. That's true. That is absolutely true. Now, sure. You lose a lot more of your body's liquids through sweat in a humid climate than you do in a dry climate. I'll say this. Arizona's summers... Uh, not that I lived out there, but I did go out there. The only times I went out there was the middle of July because I'm dumb. Um, <laughs> and it's abusive. Humans don't deserve to live there. Yeah, I'm not no, saying. There's no reason why there's any. It's the desert. <laughs> like Phoenix should look like the rest of the Southwest. Barren. There shouldn't be anybody there. It's not fit for human life. It just, it's Mars. What, what's it Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah, what, just watch that movie and think if you'd want to live in that. <laughs> uh, you know, I wouldn't want or to Or just there. set yourself on fire. Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. a dry heat. That could, yeah. That's, <laughs> that is dry. Yes. It is dry. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I still make that comparison because it's just, in Arizona, it's a legitimate everyday concern. Here, 
I'm sure you might have, you know, fronts where it might be really humid and also really hot for maybe a few days at a time. But in Arizona, dude, I am generally pissed for, you know, just like a three month stretch where I just every time I have to go outside, I, I just. I couldn't handle it mentally. It's the desert. Yeah. I mean, why would you want well, to live in the desert? That's like, I don't want to live on the North Pole, <laughs> and I don't want to live in the desert. I Yeah. I And I don't want to live anywhere that's located within those regions, well, even I'll, if I'll it is it a big this city. Way. I'll put it to you this way. And we'll get the fuck off weather talk. Yes. Because holy get shit. It's yes. summertime. It's hot. Yes, sure. it's get hot. the fuck over it. Fucking ball's hot. Yes. Uh, we live in the Atlanta area. I have family that lives in the Savannah area. I couldn't live down there. It's that much more humid yes. and just that much more hot for that amount of weeks longer than it is here. That That's my dividing line. Yeah, Florida's like, the no, same way. Like if I move anywhere, it's north, well, but not when, too far north. When I like visit- maybe West Virginia might be as far north as I would be comfortable going because any, anything more north than that, go fuck yourself for the winters. No, I wouldn't go north of North Carolina myself, yeah. but uh, as far as the south... Florida, I mean, grew up there, lived there. When I go there now, holy shit, it is hot. I know I was there during the winter, or uh, during the winter, and it was perfect weather. It yeah. was perfect. It was like, but during the summers down there, man, last time I went in the summer, it was in July. I could not believe I grew up in that shit. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I mm-hmm. walked, it just anywhere you go, it's like, and you're breathing like soup. Mm-hmm. You know, we and and it gets like that here. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say I've now I've never been out west. I've never been to Texas, Arizona. Never dealt with that dry shit. Never dealt with it. But it's got to be easier to breathe. Not um mm, uh, without all that humidity. Not really, because you're you're literally just. It's like you want to know what it's like. Turn your oven on. Open the door. Stick your head in and try to breathe. It's a dry heat in an oven. It right. all sucks. And that's what I'm saying. Let's get the fuck off weather talk. Okay. Because it's summertime. It's hot. Everybody's angry because they got sweaty balls. <laughs> that's right. Because their balls are sweaty. And their butt crack. Why are they so angry in the summertime? Because their balls are sweaty. That's right. <laughs> and that causes chafing. It does. They will chafe. <laughs> and they do. All right. Well, there's no real clean way to break out of that. <laughs> but, Speaking of sweaty balls. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I do want to say we did start off, I think, last week's episode with reading some reviews that we had recently received. And uh, this week's no different, except uh, we got a review, an unofficial review. It's not on iTunes, but in the form of an Instagram post by a listener of ours, Christina in Colorado. And I, uh, I wanted to share this with you guys, because I just thought, it, whether it's a good review, a bad review, just shitting all over us, I'll read it. I'm like Ron Burgundy. If it's on the teleprompter, I'm reading that thing. There you go. Word yeah. for word. Christina posts, listening to Ignore the Rant and laughing my ass off. I found out about Ignore the Rant through the Good Morning Liberty Patreon group, a podcast that got me through the second half of the pandemic. Laughter is contagious, and it heals. It's also cool when you learn something. Ah, oh, hey, we're, we're teaching. We're, we're te- <laughs> That's scary. She must, be, she must be talking about somebody else. What are you learning? <laughs> she, correction, she's never heard our podcast. 
So I decided to make a list of the podcasts that got me through lockdown and continue to make me laugh. Here they are in no particular order. Number one, Good Morning Liberty, a podcast that I've mentioned on this show, that I've been a guest on their show, um, and I love those guys. Nate and Chuck fucking rule. Shout out. Number two, Ignore the Rant. Hey, that's us. Number two. I know that. I We're know those guys t- even better than I know the first guys. Oh, it's in no no specific order. And okay. Well, yeah. okay. Well, of course, yeah. No, we would yeah, be could, we'd be number one. Yeah, obviously. Be, oh yeah. I mean, this is clearly not in order. Yes. And then the rest of them are as follows: Joe Rogan, Tim Dillon, Bill Burr, and Two Bears One Cave, which is with the podcast with Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer. So a bunch of losers. Yeah. Total. Yeah. Total nerds. <laughs> total. Yeah. In fact, I don't even oh, want yeah. to be on this list. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I saw that, and uh, I'll be honest, it made my day. Yeah, that is that is quite a list there. Thank that you, is Christina. Fantastic. Yeah. Is it Christina or Christine? Christina. Christina. Thank you, Christina. And uh, and I saw that, and I re- I responded back to her. I thanked her, of course, and I said, of all the lists that we're probably on, this one is my favorite. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. So. No, yeah, that's a, that's some heavyweight hitters that we're in there with. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's, I yeah, I kind of had a mild panic attack. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> for the rest of the day until about ten minutes before we hit record because I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and it's but it's great that somebody found us that yeah. way. Yeah, and and, and it's that they actually listen to us, you know, because you remember when we started this. I was like, if we if we have one person listen to us from the beginning to the end, I'll be shocked. Yeah, you know, I'll be shocked that they actually you know like what we have to say but now we have many people that are it's, listening it's, it's bizarre it is it's, it's truly bizarre it, it is a strange thing to me too it, it blows my mind every time that you especially tell of different countries that we've made it right to. yes that that trips me up yeah. more than anything yeah yeah shout out canada yeah we've, japan we, yeah. shout out japan so so we use podbean as our podcast hosting site yep and i I would imagine most podcast hosting sites they give you uh data analytics analytics that's the word to where you can see not only your numbers but where they're coming from you can break it down like how many are coming out of different states different countries um in canada we can tell which province is coming out of right and shout out to those dudes up in ontario that have i don't know if it's the same guys but we're definitely we definitely get uh, repeat listeners from the Ontario area. And they've been there from the beginning. Almost. Yeah, I don't know how I, they found I, us. Yeah, I don't know how they yeah. found us either, but thank you. Dude, thank you for oh, finding yeah. us. Mad, mad, mad props to all Saudi the listeners Arabia. that have been around. Saudi Arabia. I yep. mean, it, I don't know. Shout again, out to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I we, don't know. We've had Japan, Germany. And this isn't us like stroking our own dicks. This is literally, I don't understand it. Yes, I don't either. No, I am I bewildered by this. Mm-hmm. But I think last count, like I did a couple months ago, we were up to like 14 different countries that have somebody's done. Unless it's a VPN and they're just yeah, pinging shit right, out into right, another country. Right. Uh, that might be yeah, it. But I don't want way. them to know I'm listening to this <laughs> shit. <laughs> either way, anytime we get any interaction like this, it truly does blow us away because we just started this in a basement with no idea what we're doing and with no desire to even think that people would even listen to it just three guys talking yeah, yeah we did it mainly to get us through uh the pandemic the the, sh- the shit year that was 2020 yes there was nothing else to do no there was no i mean it was everything was shut down and everybody's freaking out and it was 
just it was almost a natural thing because we would get together and talk about shit anyway, which we had for years. But when that hit, we had something that we could, you know, we could, something something current that everyone was going through. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and everybody could relate to what we were talking about. You In know? fact, so, with our one year anniversary coming up next week, a little bit of. Tri- or not trivia, but uh, a, a lesser known fact of this show was we tossed around a number of ideas for titles for this show. And in the beginning, Arona, you came up with a title that was The Common Thread. Because mm-hmm. at the time, it was like, we're, everybody's dealing with the same thing. We all have this one thing that connects us all. Yep. And then I kind of poo-pooed it because, well, I'm an asshole. But at the same time, I figured, well... We might not always have that common thread. <laughs> we might have differences. But I know one thing that would be constant. We're going to rant about something. Sure. And so, and we're all ignorant fucks. And that's how we got the name Ignore the Rant. It's, yeah. It's literally in the title. You can take it or leave it. We're just going to rant. And we're ignorant. My vote was the Screaming Genie. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I like, uh, I like that one. I still like it. <laughs> the Screaming Genie. <laughs> and I, I, mean, think, I think that would be a good name for a music podcast. Right, right. Yeah, that was that was another one. And then I also had... We were for a good second there because the reason why we dropped a common thread is because we saw that there were other podcasts with that name. And then I came up with um, ACPC, which was supposed to be another controversial podcast. And then, yeah, after that, I was I was shocked. And this was all before our first episode. Yeah, yeah, this was back in like was, January, yeah. February. You're in the planning yeah. planning stage months before you ever heard our horrid little voices. So we actually <laughs> did do a little bit of work to get this thing up and going, but you know, it so, was worth it. It was our first time recording. Actually, was December of uh, 2019. Yeah. Well, and here's a little bit. Further back history, actually back in 2018, Doug and I started doing rough... 2017. Okay, even, yes. even further back. Yes. Doug and I got together down here, because we were already down here hanging out, and there was one night, which was just like, here, here's a mic, here's a mic, you listen to podcasts, let's see if we can do it. Right. Yep. I have no idea what those sound like. It's somewhere. <laughs> it's somewhere we have, deep, we have them deep on a hard drive. They're still here somewhere. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, this has been something that we always kind of knew that we wanted to do, but it literally took the world shutting down for us to have the time to, well, let's just give it a fucking shot. Right. And I do it mostly because I enjoy the absolute shit out of this. Even if we had no listeners, I would still want to do something like this. But the fact that I'm seeing that we do actually have, like, repeat listeners in places where I've never been by people I've never met, absolutely just, it it hurts my brain. It's the same yeah. thing with the music, dude. It, it it really is. I mean, um, when we were doing the Patchy Dense Fog stuff, mm-hmm. and and the dude in Germany was playing it on the radio in Germany, and he sends me a a copy or, uh, of him playing it on the radio, you know, like a... And I could and I could listen to him, and I could hear him speaking in German. I still have no idea what he says, but he says, "I hear Silly the name American. I hear the name Petty Dits Folk." <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" I, I, remember, you, it, I remember you playing that. For yeah, me, I played recording. it for you, and it freaked me out. You know, I was like, "Wow, I made that in my basement." 
You know, I made that in my basement in yeah. Georgia, and they're playing it on the radio in Germany. And it's just a, it, I get it. I get it. That's yeah. why I've actually told you that before. I was like, you've never been in a van, so you don't know what this is going to be, like. be like. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's a strange feeling. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, so, in all honesty. And it's beautiful. In all sincerity, shout out to our all of our listeners, the, the guys in Ohio, Bog Daddy from Cincinnati, <laughs> yes. Christina in Colorado, our homeboys north of the wall up there in uh, Ontario. And we, Chief Nakahoma. Yeah. And, and all you guys. All the love in Texas and Arizona uh, and Illinois. Illinois, for some reason, is is uh, we're, we're big in Illinois. Hmm. I saw California started ticking up, too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you, if you're if you're a first time listener, you may and, and you came over from the propaganda report. <laughs> <laughs> um we're a little different than they are but we're happy to have you we well you kind of see our how we how we do this we just rant about current events topics and other things that interest us and we hope you stick around so with that being said gentlemen shall we get into it sure oh yeah all right so obviously we got to start with what i feel see we don't have a newsroom we are the newsroom we get to decide what takes the top story and this week to me, we got to start with the biggest story, and that is one John McAfee. Where, if you were if you were paying attention to the news, um, or even if you weren't, news came out the other day that John McAfee, who is the creator of the McAfee antivirus software that's on every PC, as far as I'm aware, I think it comes from the store with it on it. Yeah. He is the guy who created it back, I think, in like 1987. Yeah. He worked for NASA before that, like I think back in the 60s. Anyway. So the man ain't no dummy. No. This guy is, well, was, apparently. Yeah. Uh, News came out that he was found dead in his jail cell in Spain. Hmm. Hung himself. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, he was being, he was waiting to be extradited. To the United States. Mm-hmm. And all of the initial reactions when you hear a story like that, where a super famous smart guy that's made hundreds of millions of dollars and is very astute in, well, in computers, that's information. And then you just show up dead in a jail cell, it sounds quite Epsteinish. And so a lot of people are running off in this direction. Saying, he didn't kill himself. He didn't kill himself. You know, he's still alive. He's posting from his social media accounts. And conspiracy theories are running over time. They're on, they're on overdrive right now. And, and we're not here to go down the conspiracy theory road. Tonight, we're here. For those that don't know who John McAfee is, I've been paying attention to him for years. We're here to celebrate the man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The he, guy was a man's man. Yes. Now, was he a good man? <laughs> no, no. Not at all. He was an absolute piece of shit. Yes. Yeah. In every way that normal people that are pieces of shit are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, you can be an awesome man while also being an awful man. And he and- is responsible for... My favorite YouTube video of all time. And yeah. I'm about to play that right now. But the best way I can sum him up 
anybody that's ever watched any of the Marvel series movies, especially Iron Man, Tony Stark in those movies is a direct ripoff of John McAfee in every way. Yes. So just, yeah. if you don't know who he is, just keep Tony Stark in the back of your head when you hear all the clips we're about to play for you tonight. And see, I, you know, I had no clue who he was actually until I moved out here. You, of course, uh, Jim, were the first person to introduce me to him. And, you know, the comparison to uh, Tony Stark is perfect, but I always just thought if Hunter S. Thompson were to have a YouTube channel, it might look a lot like, um, you know, John McAfee. True, true. And the only the reason why I chose Tony Stark is because McAfee was so fucking rich. Yeah, he had fuck you money, and that's he why, lived that's the fuck why, you life. That's why I don't understand why more people don't know this. They don't know because he's been in the news for years. Yeah, he's been there for years. Hell, he ran. And, he ran on the Libertarian <laughs> ticket. Yeah, for, for president, president. Yes, back in twenty sixteen. And uh, obviously Gary Johnson won out, but there's so much information about this man online, especially on YouTube. You can you can pull up and watch half the shit that I'm going to play for you tonight. But I just picked some of my fa- or our favorites, yes, uh, little clips here and there that kind of will tell a tale of who John McAfee was. And we'll start the first one with I know. Our the three of us is probably favorite video of the man that he put out himself. He produced and shot this thing himself, <laughs> and it's just titled "And Now a Message from John McAfee, Founder of McAfee Software." Enjoy. Fuck. Send. Send. Oh, hello there. My name is John McAfee. I'm the founder of the McAfee antivirus software company. Although I've had nothing to do with this company for over 15 years, I still get volumes of mail asking, how do I uninstall this software? I have no idea. <laughs> Lights a $100 bill? Yes. I really need to quit. As I said, I've had nothing to do with McAfee software for over 15 years. I've had more pressing things to do. But recent events have made me change my mind. I've had, over the years, many responses from users who are complaining about the difficulty in removing the software. I'd like to read you a few things. Holy fucking shit. I was drawing for like five hours straight on this marvelous drawing and a big ass scan that slows the shit out of my computer. It was McAfee, of course. My computer's always really fast, but that son of a bitch has to come fuck it up. Here's another. Free trial for McAfee, or however it's spelled, expired. When it expired, it blocked Pornhub. Fuck McAfee. (laughs) Fuck them in their stupid faces. I hope they all get dick and cunt rot and die a slow, agonizing death for limiting my porn use to X-Hamster. No one should have to use X-Hamster. I tried one final time and got the Urban Dictionary definition for McAfee. McAfee, a barely passable virus scanning program that updates at the worst possible times. Tends to render your computer completely useless whenever it starts an update, which it doesn't ask to start, and you cannot cancel or pause. 
McAfee updates at horrible times, almost like the creators want you to die. So I finally remembered how to uninstall McAfee antivirus software, and I've asked my friend Bartholomew to walk you through the steps. All right, now this is a very visual video. You you what put it in the show notes definitely, but yeah. Oh, regardless, you have yes. to all watch this. You have <laughs> to watch this video. <laughs> yes. it is, if you haven't seen it, it is the greatest four and a half minutes on YouTube. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's it shows that he's very self aware. He's he comes out and he's like, I'm going to address this. I'm tired of getting all these fucking letters. Right. I haven't even been part of this company in 15 years at the time that this was shot. Right. And he spent however much money producing this video, just making fun of himself, making fun of the obvious, like, people hate his fucking software, because right, right, it does. Right. My work laptop has the McAfee virus. Oh, it's scanner. horrible. It's it, horrible. It yeah. pops up constantly. And I'm just like, you're not doing anything. Go away. Right. Like, I run two programs on this yeah, thing. Yeah, God forbid you put it on your iPhone. I, I made that mistake. Yeah, it's it's shit. Yes, it's horrible. <laughs> but it was great when he started it in 1987. Like it was the best thing ever. It's what made him his fortune, right? And um, and he didn't make it so hard to uninstall. No. It wasn't him that did it. It was Intel, yeah, who bought the company from him and made him a multi multi millionaire. So he could turn into the madman that he was. Yeah. So without getting a lot of details incorrect as far as his timeline, that's kind of where he starts. He starts from the antivirus software guy, makes a lot of money, and as a lot, or not a lot, but as some people with a lot of money do, he plays a little too hard in the United States. And decides to go abroad. Now, like I said, I'm going to end up getting details wrong. So let me just play this for you to get you caught up on what happened to McAfee after this video. He's one of the most notorious cybersecurity entrepreneurs in the world who made millions off of his antivirus software. In 2012, amid allegations of murder, he fled his then home of Belize to Guatemala where he faked a heart attack to avoid deportation. He eventually made his way back into the U.S. and rose to prominence once again as a 2016 Libertarian presidential candidate. To this day, he remains a controversial figure, and he's here with me now. All right, so, yeah, he went down to Belize, where the thing that he's notorious for is and the reason why he's a legend in a lot of circles is he was an entrepreneur, he was a genius, he created this thing that was in high demand, made a shitload of money off of it, and then he he went and did all the things that a lot of people say that they would do if they if had they had money. Yes. If they had fuck you money. Yep. Drugs, prostitutes, guns. The dude was all of it. He loved hookers, blow and guns. Yes. And that for was his a lot thing. of for a lot of guys I don't care how white collar or stiff neck they are, deep down in the root of their DNA, they would fucking kill to be John McAfee right. for oh, just for sure. a day. Yes. Yeah. And this man lived this way for decades. Yeah, yes, he did. And so he went down to Belize, and the story around that instance was 
he got into a conflict with his neighbor, probably because he had nothing but hookers and blow well, and guns <laughs> going off at all times. Well, it was his dogs. John McAfee had nine dogs, attack dogs, mm-hmm. and his neighbor was complaining about the dogs. And one night, the dogs were fed poisoned meat, and they were all dead the next morning. Mm. Holy shit. And, um, and then, of course, the next day, that's when... The neighbor shows up dead? Yeah, the neighbor shows up with a gunshot wound to the head. No forced entry into the house or any of that. This is the story that McAfee says happened. He is convinced that the government of Belize was out to get him from the United States. Mm -hmm. And he says that he thinks that soldiers poisoned his dogs and his dogs died. And then soldiers went into the house or assassins and killed his neighbor the next night to make it look like he did it. Yeah. Now that's that McAfee as he said this on the record. Now McAfee, he was a paranoid man. Yes. Very yeah. paranoid. Well, it was the cocaine, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it does that to you. <laughs> well, he was wildly eccentric in the first place. Yes, no and, doubt. And, I mean, it already said in the, you know, short little uh, intro that she was giving that he faked a heart attack. Yeah. It's not beyond the pale that he, I don't know. He admitted faking that. Faking other shit. He admitted faking the heart attack. Well, he admitted yeah. that. Well, and this is kind of, this is, these are building blocks that lead to the lore of John McAfee. So I'm going to play another clip. What I'm pulling this from, this is the funniest part. <laughs> it's an Adult Swim interview. Right. Now, Adult Swim is yes. a show on Cartoon Network. Yeah, that was- And he was so paranoid about who he would talk to and who he would do interviews with. For the longest time, he didn't do interviews. He was... Uh, uh, he didn't exist. Well, he's on the run, you know. I mean... Correct. He's been on the run. And because of his paranoia... For the longest time, he wasn't giving interviews at all. And this was before Zoom and everything else. So the only way to get an interview with him is it had to be somebody that he felt that he could trust. And for whatever reason, because he's also, he's got a sense of humor, he was like, I'll talk to the Adult Swim crew. And so you can go on YouTube and, uh, and look up, and I'll, I'll put this in the show notes as well, but John McAfee, soft focus with Jen, uh, somebody. <laughs> it so, cuts off. I, I can't read it. I, right, 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 I'm not right. just leaving it off. Okay. That's what you were playing just now is uh, something that was from, um, you know, Adult Swim. Yeah, but it's legit. It's a huh. legit, like, 60-minute style interview. But the, the interviewer, the, this lady, this Jen lady, also has a sense of humor plays into it it's yep. a it's an 11 minute or so long yeah 11 and a half minute long interview I'm, I, I can't play the whole thing here right uh of course just not. go watch it but yeah it's a great interview but i pulled a few select moments out of it that i think can lead us down this trail of the story of who the fuck was john mcafee so here's part two the man's a legend on mccafe mcafee but it doesn't matter for people watching at home in their mother's basements, uh, they don't necessarily see that you have. Can I reveal that you have security guards? Of course, absolutely. So you have Everybody one, two, three gentlemen. 
Actually, four if Jimmy's here. Do you fear death? <laughs> no, not at all. Despite the military presence around it, you? It, that doesn't mean I fear it. That simply means I choose not to voluntarily wander into it. So, <laughs> that's how the interview starts. <laughs> he's got his he's got his posse with him. Yeah, it's it's her immediately mispronouncing his name. Yes, <laughs> just to show that was funny. We're here to fuck around yeah. with you. Yeah, she's at McCafe. Yeah. yeah. yeah McAfee, he says McAfee, but, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. He's yeah. not pretentious. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. He's not a pretentious man. Right. He'll entertain you while the whole time knowing that you're sitting there wondering if you're talking to a murderer. Right. Which could be pretty terrifying yeah. for most normal yeah. people if yeah. they're sitting across a, you know, <laughs> a room from somebody, especially with four armed guards in the house. Yeah. And also, yep. John McAfee was never not packing. So really, you had five. <laughs> and he's boozing up the whole time. Yes. He, he's drinking through this whole interview. And one part that I'm not going to play here, he pulls his gun out and starts waving yes. it in the air. Yeah. 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 I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Because she asked him, interview. like, so what would the hand signal be to let your security forces know that you're in trouble? He's like, oh, I would do this. And he just, <laughs> he like, <laughs> he just pulls his gun out and starts waving it around. Yeah. <laughs> and then he struggles to put it back in the holster. He's going like six different times. He can't get it in the holster. Yeah, it's funny and as hell. It zooms in on her eyes, and she's just like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" <laughs> and then she's she says, "Can you please not pull out your firearm without t- letting me know?" And he's like, "Oh, my apologies." Yeah, guys. my apologies. <laughs> and he's a wildly articulate individual that also seems to be on wild amounts of cocaine. It's just, yeah. I mean, the amount of times that you see him bug out, you know, from being that articulate individual into this almost like, you know, Johnny Rotten almost persona yeah. is insane to watch. Yeah. No, it's it's a character study with this man. And yes. Uh, it, it's, they need to make movies about they, this guy. They do. They and do. and, yeah, and sure. not and not Iron Man where they just rip. It's the same thing like uh, Eastbound and Down was a ripoff of John Rocker. They they turned John Rocker into a character, and that's, that is Eastbound and right. Down, you know. Um, that's how that show is what it is. Same thing, like, Iron Man is just John McAfee, but this is, like, we're just going to tell his story around, but we're going to put all this... We're, we're going to put John McAfee in a comic book. It's basically Iron Man. I think that, dude, they really need to make a movie of his life, and I, I, I very much see it almost like a... A movie done by, uh, you know, the guy that uh, uh, fucking directed uh, uh, Natural Born Killers. Oh, yeah. Oliver yeah. Stone. O- Oliver Stone and then fucking Gary Oldman. I think he would be perfect. Right? Hell, I'd say put uh, put uh, Robert Downey Jr. Well, Just yeah. dress him up as Tony Stark and say, you're now John McAfee. Right. He would fuck. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. also started out living the life that john mcafee ended up living so i think he could probably do it justice as well but either way i don't know if there's a movie out there but they need to fucking make one mcafee was a legend yeah he he, uh for years for years he has provided me with a glimpse of what it would be like to have all the money that you want and do whatever the fuck that you want yeah true fuck you money yes true fuck you money and not only that he's got the fuck you money, but he's got the fuck you to go with it. Yeah, he's got the fuck you attitude. And 
and it backs up that and whole it, thing. It is a it's an amazing story because here's it the really thing. is. I mean, like Joe Rogan has fuck you money, right? But he doesn't live the fuck you life, right? He lives a very standard celebrity American celebrity life, right? Where he just gets to explore his hobbies and make money off of it. And that's cool. That's great. That's that's fucking awesome, right? But nobody's going to make a movie about Joe Rogan's life that's going to come anything close to this. McAfee no. is like if Elon Musk was to go overboard. Correct. It's the same same thing. It, it's like it's like if Elon Musk just totally said fuck Tesla and sold Tesla and then went off and and just got yeah. all crazy. It would be the same thing because you're talking about brilliant people. Yeah. You're talking about brilliant people like that are just you know off the charts it, yeah, IQ. intelligence yeah yeah and and when you give somebody that's got that kind of intelligence hundreds of millions of dollars for his company and then he just is all of a sudden like i'm free to do whatever the fuck i want to do yeah. and he picks cocaine hookers and guns <laughs> you man you you're talking you're talking fucking 007, man. I He's mean, you the are. literal international You're, man of mystery. Exactly. He is straight up, straight up. Because there's, there's like, I, I look at genius people in like three camps. You got the Elon Musks, which are pretty zipped up, buttoned up tight. Right. You know, very good at what they do and not a danger to society uh, in the immediate form. Right. Then you have other guys like Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> totally opposite side. Who is a brilliant, brilliant yep. genius, yep. just as smart, if not smarter, than Elon, that saw the world going down a path <laughs> that was going to be detrimental to mankind. And right. that is the technological embrace that we've all made. Right. And that, you know. Us humans embracing technology was going to end up being the downfall of the human civilization. And so, which is all well and good. I, I can agree with a lot of points. Like he, there's three main books that he has out. He's got his manifesto and a couple other books and they're, they're good. They're good books as far as making you see things a little differently or, or having things make more sense. Up until it gets to the point where his solution is, you got to kill everybody. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you lose yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> but he was making yeah. so many good points up until that time. Yeah, I mean, is and there is, we've talked about this before, there's a fine line between genius and insanity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, a very fine line. Between genius and madman. Yeah. Now, Ted Kaczynski is the furthest on the madman. Right. Where he completely disassociated from civilization. You have Elon Musk, who couldn't be more a part of civilization and technology. Right. And then you have John McAfee yeah. right in the middle. Right, yeah. Where He's, he can create this computer software, but also fuck off for six years and live in the jungle. Right. So that's where I'm saying, that's why I say there's three, I put... The genius, the uber geniuses into three different categories. And those are my three people yeah. that I kind of go, okay, these are the these are the quadrants, right. or, or not quadrants, because that would be four. Right, right, right. But these are the areas where I look at the super geniuses, right. as far as people that I pay attention to. Super and, genius. And, and, and go, I got a little bit to learn from each, but they all go too far. Right, yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. in their own way. In yeah. the end, they all yeah. go too far. Yeah, they do. <laughs> now... We mentioned a minute ago that John McAfee was highly paranoid. 
He was, and that was di- likely due to Dude, cocaine. cocaine. Yes, but it's also, copious <laughs> amounts of cocaine. But it's also due to the fact that if you have like pioneering software that others don't understand yet, you're you're a potential danger to the establishment right. and to the system. Yes, and they need to try to make you an asset. Yes, not a liability. Well, guys like McAfee really aren't down to be uh, molded into the system. He always wants to break out of it because he's got that fuck you attitude. So to get to the point that we brought you so far where he's a genius, he's a playboy, he's entertaining, to how did he end up... Wait, didn't you say that he died in a Spanish prison this week? Well, let's let's, let's get to the source of his paranoia in this next clip. Because I'm not sure I will say it. I've never said it ever, ever. Well, if you not want in, me, not to... in six f-ing years since I left police have I ever stated why. Do you want to? Absolutely. Okay. Well, then you're welcome. Okay. So when, when I went on the run in police, I had friends in the U.S. Embassy in police. I knew I was coming down. I'm not stupid. I had arranged with the head of security. I was going to come in. He said, "Sir, we have it from the highest authority." We are not to allow you entry into the U.S. Embassy. Understand me. Who was the highest authority in the State Department? Hillary Clinton. I'm an American citizen with a f***ing American passport. I'm sorry. I'm not wanted in America. I've got no crimes in America. Is it not a reason to say, I don't think I'm going to vote for you? And yet you're here now. For a month and a half, I was on the run. The reason that the government wanted to collect me was that after they had raided my property in 2012 in the jungle, shot my dog, abused me, destroyed a half million dollars worth of my property over a bogus charge, I was pissed off. And so I I donated uh, to many secretaries within the government laptop computers, really nice ones that were preloaded with viral (laughs) spyware. Within a week, the entire government computer system was in, under my control. I was watching, monitoring, listening. I was looking for information that they had set me up for that raid. I didn't find that. I did find out that the Minister of National Defense was the largest drug trafficker in all of Central America. And the Minister of Immigration, the largest human trafficker. We don't want to get killed by them either, so we're probably not going to care It was getting a little hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, now that. Okay, so I think now... We we can at least establish why the U.S. government might be interested in getting a hold of this man. Because if you read the news stories now, it's all about tax evasion. He owed $4 million or whatever right. uh, in, in back taxes due to speaking engagements that he was paid for where he was speaking on behalf of cryptocurrency. Right. And so the official narrative, and if you've listened to this podcast more than an episode, you know that we immediately question the official narrative. Sure. The official narrative is bullshit. They didn't give a fuck about the, the few million dollars he may or may or not have owned uh, or owed on taxes, which I guarantee you he did. He also right. admits later on, yeah, fuck no, I'm not paying taxes. Right. Why the fuck am I going to pay U.S. taxes when I haven't been in the United States in however long? Anyway, so the official narrative is about taxes. He just said exactly what the feds would want to talk to him about yeah shipping a bunch of computers to u.s government officials no it's belize 
He he donated the computers to the government in Belize at the U.S. Embassy. Correct. Yeah, it, but, Those are government officials. Yeah, right. U.S. government officials. But, but, it, but where, that, where but, he even says within weeks, yeah, he had the entire U.S. government under his watch. Right. That but, is, but not not no no that ain't what he said. That ain't what he said. I gotta correct you, man. This I, is what happened. But that's what, what I just heard. No no that ain't that ain't what he said. <laughs> okay. What, basically, uh, he donated the laptops to people in the Belize government at the U.S. embassy. Mm-hmm. The now the communications between the Belize government and the U.S. Yes, he had all of that. Okay, he had all of that. Um, but the. Uh, that's why he says in there that he also found out that the minister, prime minister, was the biggest drug trafficker. That's in Central America. Yeah. The guy from Belize and the other guy in Belize was the biggest human trafficker. Human trafficker. So it, now Belize and America, they have a cozy relationship. There is a, you know, very cozy relationship there. So if he had. Yeah, you're right in a way. If he had the Belize people in the U.S. Embassy, if he did have shit on their computer, then yes, he did have access to shitloads of U.S. government stuff. Which I, I love. And, and, that, and, that, and I'm sorry, but that was the point I was trying to make. Right. Was he, he ended up gaining control, uh, based on his words, uh, to be able to monitor all of the U.S. government computers. R- what? Yeah. It's kind of what I heard, anyway. Yeah. No. It's all the communications between the Belize and the U.S. government. That's basically what, because I've I, there, there's another interview about mm-hmm. that, um, and that's what it that's what it was. That that that's why he says that the government of Belize are the people that wanted him dead. They wanted to kill him. Yeah, and that and he supposedly came back to America because of that. Yeah, um, and then that's when he ran for libertarian, right, or right, or whatever. But. Either way, I'll grant you what you said. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I will still say our federal government wanted to talk to him because it, anytime, anytime you ship uh, malware-ridden computers to government officials right. uh, that communicate with the United States, yes. that's of high interest yes. and very high importance and, and I'm for, not, for our government. And to I'm try not to seek saying out. that there's so, a lot of shit from our <laughs> government that he had. I'm not saying that that's not yeah. the case. So, and there's also bringing it up to today, there's a lot of information or news or conspiracy theories or rumors about like this 30 something terabyte, 31 uh, terabyte. Yeah. Hard drive, uh, hard drive yeah. that has all this information that could sink a lot of very high up important people. Right. It's almost like that guy that, uh, oh shit, what's his name that also died in a jail cell with a shitload of incriminating information about high-level government officials what around the world. What was his name? Uh, I think it's uh, Geoffrey. Einstein? <laughs> yeah, something like that. You're going to say something? No, I, I I mean, before all I was really going to say is it's it's shocking to me how um, just matter-of-fact that John McAfee was he, he is. with everything that he said. That's how much of a rock star the guy is. He's just like, yeah, so I installed a bunch of malware and shipped off the computers there you go, and that's and that's kind of why his explanation for the uh, the murder of the of his neighbor down there, you know, and, and now now look, if if I was to if I was to guess 
I would say he probably killed his neighbor. His yeah. neighbor probably killed his dogs. Yeah. And and the next night he went over there and shot his neighbor in the head. Now, I, it's easy for me to believe that because of who he is. Yeah. Because of who he was. Now, at the same time, I I could believe that maybe he did distribute laptops. I can believe to the go- to I can government. Believe, I can believe and, his side, and I can believe the. Our side, right? You know, yeah, our, right. Our, you know what you just said. Yes. I, I can believe both sides and say both of those are equally plausible. Exactly. Neither one of them are beyond the pale, right? And that's why I'm intrigued. And I mm. don't consider that a conspiracy theory. No, you understand what I'm saying? Like me neither. I, I consider it as an op, an an option. You know, it's like it, either this happened or this happened, and I can see both of them happening. I can, and, and I can see something where. A little bit of both happens. Right. I can see where government, you know, black ops from United States or Belize right. goes and kills all of his dogs. And then McAfee sees that and says, my fucking neighbor did this. Right. And he goes and kills he him. He goes and kills him. Yep. I, I can, and because we also covered this last week, how we, we everybody knows, it's, it's not a secret that at least here in America, our government will antagonize people. To go do something, right? They might not go. You know, they might not do. They might not kill the dogs and kill the neighbor. Yeah, they'll provoke you. They'll, yeah, they'll provoke. But they'll put the gun response. in your hand and say, "Hey, man, remember all those dogs that are dead? Right. Your neighbor's been talking a lot of shit the whole time. It's like knowing that they killed him. Like I can, I can see where his story has some truth in it, and your story has some truth in it. Well, but the I think, official story. Well, is yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, right? Like, I don't think one person did both, right? If, no, I can see with with John McAfee, I can see where anything. Oh yeah, is and, that's, and that's my point. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's my point exactly. Because he's such a wild card, anything's possible yeah. at any time. Yes, and and he was aware of it. Like in the in the video or in the audio that you just heard a minute ago, where he's got armed guards at his side at all times. He's already on that paranoia trip. Right now. There's a lot of tweets. There's a lot of tweets of McAfee that's floating around, but there's a couple that I paid closer attention to out of the viral re-shares because it also it also plays into who McAfee was with setting up narratives. And there's one from November 30th of 2019 where he tweeted, getting subtle messages from U.S. officials saying, in effect... We're coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill yourself. And, that, and those were in quotes. He said, I got a tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm. And then there's a picture of him with a tattoo with a dollar sign and then whacked. Yep. Now, that's also a crypto coin. Yes. Because he also links to... <laughs> his website <laughs> right. where you can buy crypto. Buy the crypto. Yes. So is it brilliant marketing? Is it just paranoia? Or is this a true documenting of a warning? Or is it a mixture of all three? And I think the way that I see McAfee, like I just said with the, the story about the dogs and the neighbor, is I think that whenever you're talking about this man, Whatever the story is, the nar- official narrative, his story, and and a third story if it exists, no. 
It's a blending of the three. I think, honestly, man, that he's he wanted to go out stirring the pot. You know, I, I really believe that um, he knew what kind of reaction he would create. And so I'm more on the side of, yes, he did this, did everything on purpose to create this shitstorm because it's, he's, oh, you know, pretty much running the Andy Kaufman routine. Well, and that's uh, my point. He's, yeah. he's building up this lore saying, if anything happened to me, it has to be of the most nefarious sorts that you're already, if you're, if you're a follower of McAfee, you're already aware of the Clinton kill list and all this other kooky Alex Jones-esque tinfoil hat stuff. So he's already setting that up. No matter what happens later, he knew that this was going to come back while also selling you crypto. That's what I'm saying. It's it's a blend of all these things. He's yeah. he's still selling you some. He's selling you on multiple things at all times, and that's why I think he's one of the most intriguing fuckers out there. Well, the the one thing about him dying that I that I will say is you know he was in prison. He was he was in prison in Spain down there for over a year since last it's, October. Okay, yeah. So. Um, it seems to me if he was going to be uh, done away with in prison, it would have happened by now. Now, the thing that makes me think that he did this, he killed himself, is the day that he killed himself was the same day that he was being extradited to the United States. That was the, yep. the, the court announced that he would be extradited to the United States, and then they found him hanging in his cell. And now here, this is something that you and I have already said, Doug, but for our listeners, you know, yeah, I think he killed himself in prison. He was 75 and he was looking at the rest of his life with in no prison. hookers and blood. Yeah. Now, somebody that's already lived the life that he's lived. Yeah. That's time to hang it up. Yeah. He's had a great life. He had a good run. So it, again, in just the same fashion as all of the instances that were always in you know, question with McAfee, this is no different. He right. went out the same way he lived his life, where I can believe the official narrative. I can also believe that he's not dead. Right. And then he's out there somewhere. And I can also believe that he didn't kill himself, but he is dead. And the guards or somebody got to him, killed him the night before. Right. They found him. They freaked out, went to the courts. Court said, oh, yeah, he's free for extradition. See, it's official. We have the document. Release the press now, and then we'll release the news that he killed himself right. six hours later. I can see, again, this is yeah. this is why somebody like McAfee is... An enigma. ...is the center point of this entire episode because of this guy. Now, another tweet that was going around, this was right after or shortly after he was arrested, this is October 15th of last year, McAfee's Twitter account uh, account tweets. Now, his longtime girlfriend, possibly wife, wife. Uh, yeah. former hooker, yep. former <laughs> prostitute, <laughs> was, in control, was in control of his social media. So he was telling her what to send out as far as messaging via social media. So his tweet from October 15th reads, I'm content in here. I have friends. The food is good. All is well. Know that if I hang myself, a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine. 
Now that stays within his character that you heard from the audio from the video, the interview that I played, where he said, I'm not scared to death. I just don't want to willingly wander into it. Sure. So this is why I say that I can believe at least three different scenarios involving the, the news that broke this week. Deep in my heart of hearts, I think he's dead. And I think he killed himself. And I don't give a fuck if it had anything to do with extradition or not. I just think a 75-year-old man being in jail going on a year, realizing that there's not going to be really a pathway out, uh, I, that that's a wrap. Yeah, that's that's my mm-hmm. thought, too. But at the same time, you can... you can. I'd rather, I'd rather side on entertainment. Yeah. And I would really rather believe... Uh, you know, that uh, he got extradited to the U.S. and somebody got him out of prison in, in Spain and he took the fuck off and he's out there somewhere. That's what I would really, that's what I would really love to believe that he's out there. He's still out there somewhere and we're going to hear something from him. And I, I, I line up with y'all. I mean, I really do think that, it, you know, he took himself out. But again, highlighting exactly what we've all been saying, I can believe any of the other scenarios as well. Yeah, and, you know, like I said a minute ago, he was not really one to give interviews until last year, or maybe even 2019, when the technology got to the point where Zoom uh, was something that was now global. You, You can give an interview from your yacht in the middle of, you know, the Caspian Sea, if you want, and you don't have to physically be anywhere at any time. He started giving a lot more interviews and, you know, this can't be a full audio clip show of McAfee. um, But if you're interested, just go down that rabbit hole, go on DuckDuckGo and just type up John McAfee, pull up videos and fucking enjoy and have at it. Mm -hmm. Now you will be entertained. Oh, yes. Here's a tweet that I retweeted from Luke Rakowski, who is of wearechange.org. And who's also been a guest on the Tim Pool show numerous times. But I retweeted what he wrote two days ago. And he just says it pretty pretty much what I've been saying, but far more succinctly. And that is, whatever you may think about John McAfee, he made life way more interesting with him in it. No doubt. Yes. And I couldn't agree. And he, he attached a video of him in front of his computer doing like a Zoom style recording. And here's a little bit of the softer side of McAfee. It does power corrupt? Well, let's take a look at the human species. Uh, humans are compassionate and loving, gracious, kind, generous people. Uh, we are simultaneously greedy, jealous, envious, angry, we were mixed back. And if you give one of the human species power, which part of ourselves uses it? Love? <laughs> Love <laughs> does not need power, people. It flowers from the heart. Grace? <laughs> Grace certainly uh, needs no power. Compassion, generosity... No, these are simply things that flow uh, from our good nature. What uses power? 
Well, <laughs> greed uh, certainly needs power, doesn't it? If you have enough power, you can take any fucking thing you want. Uh, anger. Oh, anger definitely <laughs> would love some power, but would it not? <laughs> Envy? Well, with power, uh, whatever you're envious of, you can duplicate uh, on your own. No. It is that negative, unsocial, not life-supporting part of the human animal that needs power. Nothing else needs power. And so we give people power over others through government, through military. And we expect uh, <laughs> them not to be corrupt. Wake up, people. Be very cautious who you give power to. Thank you. That is a brilliant madman. Mm -hmm. Very brilliant. Very. Yes. Now, you could hear in his speech pattern where he almost is like the Joker. Right. This is a point in time where... I was seeing a lot of interviews, a lot of podcasters that I like to pay attention to were having him on his shows or having them having him on their shows. And he was high as a kite. He was on all the drugs. Yeah. This was where he was Hunter S. Thompson to a T. Yeah. He was, if he was going to check out, because I think he kind of knew he's like, this doesn't end well. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to just blast myself to the moon until this ride ends. But the statement that he said there, even though it might be coming from a not really firmly planted on this earth human being, it's still, it's from, still brilliant. It's still from a brilliant mind. Yes. You know, it's a, you can't not be that. Right, right. So he's, yeah, he's a brilliant madman. That's yeah. exactly what he is. He's... I partially want to believe that, you know, after his death, he has some kind of failsafe set up where, you know, um, just videos are randomly posted like years later after his death, like to make people think that he's still around. Yeah, nah. You know, I, I, I would not be shocked if he had something like that. Yeah. And he's a legend. No, that he, he's, uh, He's somebody that is worth your time to just go check out. If if you got if you're in front of you know your computer and you got some time to kill, go down that rabbit hole and it's, rest in peace, John McAfee. Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. You were you were uh, yeah you were definitely something to behold. Yeah, he his candle burnt bright. Yes. At both ends and in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is our, that's our tribute to John McAfee. Unless he pops up again, that'll be, that'll be the end that'll for this be another, tale. That'll be another story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Ikea. Ikea? Ikea. <laughs> what are yes. those Swedes up to? Those, uh, <laughs> that old Ikea. Yes. So we're not talking about, uh, us struggling to build a very small, minor, simple table. Or to furnish a house. No. IKEA, the Dutch, Swedish, European conglomerate furniture company. In other words, couldn't be wider. Made the news here in Atlanta this week that I understand, I think, made national news to a degree, which is sad in itself. 
but also not surprising. <laughs> As you heard us mention last episode, we talked about, and I kind of shit all over Juneteenth as far as what they were prescribing it to be. Well, that doesn't stop corporations from bending over and showing everybody their ass, trying <laughs> to accommodate everyone who does buy into, uh, well minority celebrations and all this other thing so you have the whitest company on the planet could be any wider trying to embrace the local atlanta workforce who works for them here by celebrating juneteenth now i've got a news story here from our 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 atlanta's own cbs 46 that'll take you through the story i'm gonna play the whole story and uh and then we'll talk about it right then we'll discuss Oh, it's a very enjoyable fumble. What? What's for dinner? All right. Check this dumb shit out. With six outrage at Ikea, workers calling out sick and threatening to walk off the job. It's all because of a racially insensitive menu put together to celebrate Juneteenth. The special menu featured foods like fried chicken and watermelon, a pairing historically used as a racist depiction of what African-Americans eat. Okay, first of all, i got to stop it there. This, this might be a start and stop campaign. Yeah, yeah. There's too much that goes on in this two and a half, three minute long video. First of all, fuck you. That's delicious. It, it is delicious. The whole, oh, very much. the whole menu sounds delicious. Now, I'm going to read you the menu because they only covered a couple of the items. And it's not sweetest meatballs. <laughs> That's all the other days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so... They release their menu and it says, look out for a special menu on Saturday, which will include the following. You got fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, a misspelled potato salad, <laughs> collard greens, and candied yams. Now, if I worked at a place that had a cafeteria and this was on the menu, I would say fucking thank you. This sounds delicious. It's, yes, it does. That, that's that's southern food right yeah. there. That's southern. Yeah, that's just the, I that's live the off south. This shit. That's the south right there. Yeah. However, it does sound like a Chappelle skit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Does it does it play into certain stereotypes about southern black people and their cuisine? To a to a degree, but I mean, come on. Let's be honest here. You want the chicken. <laughs> how do you know how do you know i was gonna get the chicken <laughs> but in all honesty man come on like i would eat everything on this menu except the candied yams because i'm just not a yam yeah guy. I, I would eat everything but the collards and yams See, and I, I, i'm not i don't do collard greens i fucking love oh, i yeah, can eat a whole i know people of, think i can I'm eat crazy. a whole bowl if it's cooked properly yeah. yeah with ham hock in it and it's slow cooked for a full day i will fuck up my weight and collard greens. And you load Same it up here. with vinegar? No, I don't do any of that. If okay. it's done right, you don't need any of that shit. No. Just, yeah. just like any other food. You know, you always hear about like people that want to put steak sauce on steaks. It's like, well, you're eating a shitty piece of steak. All the condiments and all the things you add, oh, it needs more salt. It needs more ketchup. It needs. You're just trying to cover the fact that you're eating shit food. Yeah. If, if you've got food that's prepared properly, you don't need to touch it with anything but your fucking fork. T- turnips and collards and spinach. Those are my three things I've never loved at all. And those are and they're very southern yeah. dishes. Well, I mean, I'll be yeah. honest, and, uh, as a kid, and you can ask any of my family members, when I was a kid, I was the pickiest eater 
on the planet, which isn't abnormal for a child. I right. just, I fucking hated all this shit. Yeah. The only thing I would have eaten on this mac menu when I was a kid was mac and cheese, <laughs> yep, mac and, cheese. and fried chicken. But I would peel the skin off and just eat the chicken meat. Right. Like that. Like I was that kid. But now I'm getting hungry just doing this story. Yeah. Like, because, okay, if they were really going hard in the paint in the racist direction, where's the chitlins and where's the pig's feet? You know, <laughs> let, like, let's really get into it. I mean, there's far more, quote unquote, racist or black only Soul food. food. Soul food. And I, I know where this ikea is in atlanta it's just right down the road from atlantic station in midtown right there are barbecue joints within walking distance of this place and soul food kitchens within walking distance of this place where you can find all that shit they will cater that you know the they one, didn't even go that route you know the one item they could have taken off that menu and it wouldn't be racist watermelon watermelon yeah that was just a huge mistake from the whitest people on earth uh to do I mean, I, I can see that, but at the same time, that was a, that was actually a black slur back in the day. They would call black people watermelon. You know, I mean, I mean, hey, I get it. I I understand all the racial undertones right. here, but we're also leaving out the actual fact that watermelon is, is a delicious. highly consumed yes. food. Sure, in the summertime in the South. Yes, there was this video that went around five six years ago of the georgia bulldogs ending one of their summer scrimmages in sanford stadium and the entire team could not wait to go to the water table where they had pre-cut wedges of watermelon right. for the players because it's actually good for you yeah. it's full of water it's full of nutrients right. And they fucking loved it. And if you cut a hole in it and you take a bottle of Everclear oh, and you drop it up. in there <laughs> and then you put the put the little plug back in the mm -hmm. watermelon that you cut out and you put it in the refrigerator for a full day mm -hmm. and then you pull that thing out for the party that night, Ooh. holy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was in college, we you did we did we we did hunch punch in bathtubs. Yeah, hunch, oh yeah, yeah. And you the, sliced up a watermelon and threw that shit as, in there. As soon as I moved into the the house that I lived in off campus down in Statesboro, Georgia, Statesboro Blues, baby. The first weekend that we were in that house, we threw the biggest party that I've ever personally thrown in my entire college life. We had over three hundred people there. We we bought the liquor store out of a varieties of liquor. Our fridge was nothing but Red Bulls in the fridge and fucking full handles of Jaeger in the freezer. We had three kegs and we didn't stop there. We were, the the hit of the party. Nobody even really fucked with any of that shit. We spent two days bleaching out uh, the bathtub in our our hallway bathroom. No one had ever used it. We had just moved in, and we wanted to make sure it was, like, food ready, clean. And we filled the entire tub with I don't even know how many handles of Everclear and every other liquor that you make Hunch Punch with. Right. And we, I think we had, like, 10 pounds of strawberries, 5 pounds of apples, uh, and 2 watermelons. And, and they were just in the... When I moved out of that house a year later, I was finding remnants <laughs> of fruit 
and places I don't I don't know how I got there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Behind the dryer, right, in the right. laundry room that had doors that stayed shut. There was fruit behind it. Right. Like, my my whole point is we had a good time, but watermelon is a key component to Southern yeah. enjoyment. It's but I get it. I get yeah, it. It's yeah, racist. I, I, I know that. That's why I said you take that one thing out of that. Yeah. And they've got nothing to bitch about now. Really. But because it's in there, they did some bitching. Yes. So let's get back to the story. All right. Yes, 46's Tori Cooper is live outside the Ikea in Midtown. And Tori, tonight, a manager at the furniture retail giant location is apologizing, right? Rick, Ikea store employees that I spoke to right here on the sidewalk outside of Ikea did not want to go on camera over fears of repercussions, but they did tell me that they believe that the management here at Ikea needs to do more to educate themselves on black culture. They sent the menu to us in emails. Ikea employees say this menu on your... Okay, okay, hold on. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you heard it. I'm, I, I don't have to say anything. Okay. okay. Screen was sent to employees last Friday. They say the menu was going to be served to customers and employees as a way to, quote, honor and preserve black Americans in light of the Juneteenth holiday. You cannot say serving watermelon on Juneteenth is a soul food menu when you don't even know the history of they used to feed slaves watermelon during the slavery time. You Employees say the menu items selected, including fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, collard greens, and more, was racially insensitive and ignorant. It caused a lot of people to be upset. People actually wanted to quit. People wasn't coming back to work. Employees outraged say 33 people called out of work, sparking this internal email response from the store manager on Saturday. She said that... Um, I truly apologize. The, men the menu came off as subjective. But employees say the decision behind the creation of the menu should have included voices of color first. All right. All right. There's a little bit to work through there. I, I, I am curious, though, how many of the employees were like, damn, why are some people going to bitch? That sounds awesome. Yeah. Why, why are you, you going to fuck up my, my uh, you know, appetite? I really am lost here. I, I can't believe that this is even a source of outrage. It uh, That's the time we live in, man. No, I mean, I, I do get it. it. I mean, the timing is idiotic. The I mean... And it's the watermelon. You know, I mean, like I said... It, it's the it combination was, it was, of the watermelon and the fried chicken. Well, yeah, it's the yeah. watermelon. It's the wa If it would have just been fried chicken, mac and cheese, and all the other shit you named... And they would have had banana pudding, you know, for instead of watermelon. Yeah. This would be a completely different story. Yeah, it's not like they said, it's, oh, the dessert item is Skittles and right. the beverage choice is 40s of OE. Right, like, right, right. like right. It Or a uh, grape drink. Yeah. It, it could, <laughs> grape drink. Yeah, give me that purple drink. That purple drink. Um, but I got a clip that the news uh, has here for this email, the, uh, the apology email. It says, good morning, everyone. It has come to our attention that the menu published for Juneteenth was not taken in the best light. I truly apologize if the menu came off as subjective. It was created with the best in best of intentions by a few of our coworkers who believed they were representing their culture and tradition with these foods of celebration. And then it goes on to say, we value your voices and feedback and a lot of corporate speak. But 
It is ridiculous. Like, I'm can't... not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's not ridiculous, but all they had to do was leave watermelon off. That's 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 the thing. That's where you fucked up, IKEA. But can't that's you see you that? Like, do does an intention have any weight in this world anymore? Uh, no. Is is it outrage first, and then and then just burn it down second? Yeah. And then who gives a fuck about them? Like, was the intention to provide something that they felt would be well received and wanted and yeah. enjoyed? Yeah, IKEA. They didn't want to piss off their black employees. That wasn't their no. There wasn't that wasn't their intention. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. In today's world where every corporation is bending over backward to go woke and be all inclusive to everyone at all times, regardless of the reason or the season, they, they literally just want to follow orders that they think are, you know, driven to them on high. Um, this doesn't come from a malicious place at all. They're trying to do the thing. This is what you get when you force people into subjective corners where they're told you must you must cater to this minority at all times. Right. Well, that's we've already said it numerous times on this podcast. That in itself is racist. For anybody to be upset at this, this is what you fucking get. This is what you fucking get. If 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 the corporation in this instance, IKEA, just put out a regular ass like Oh, pizza. Don't you also think that there might be somebody going, these motherfuckers aren't even they acknowledging. They don't even care. They don't, they, they're not even trying to acknowledge that, you know, it's a federal holiday right, and it's right, big right. shit. Yeah. So no matter what, they're fucked. Yes. Because as soon as you start bending into this stuff, you're never going to do it well enough. You just aren't. Well, I have a note to Ikea. Next time you want to make a, a menu, give me a call. <laughs> just give me a call. I'll tell you what to leave off. I mean... <laughs> it, I'll tell you what'll make you safe. It's 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 just that's just where we're at, man. It, you know, it's where yeah. we're at as a society. It's the whole division thing I've been talking about the whole fucking time. This is just another way for somebody to scream out something that they think is racist hey, because pay, pay attention to me. Yeah, pay yeah, attention to me. Yeah. And divide everybody again, you know? I mean, now now they're probably going to have people that won't go to Ikea and buy that fucking table or whatever the fuck Ikea sells. Yeah. I don't know what they sell. Yeah, now I know they you, got Swedish meatballs. I heard about now, those. But. Now if you go into somebody's house and they have Ikea, it's like, well, of course, they hate the blacks. Yeah, you're a racist. <laughs> Obviously, Ikea is the fourth Reich yeah. now. Yeah, so I'm going to finish this story. We're almost we're almost done with the news coverage of it, but I'm going to fill you in on what they actually replaced the menu items with, and we'll have that discussion after this. Who sat down to create the menu? Nobody was black. The store manager told employees and CBS 46 that the menu changed after the issue, but employees say... So they just delayed the Juneteenth menu by a day, thinking that, you know... Everybody who was upset stayed home on Juneteenth and wouldn't notice on Sunday, which just added insult to injury. Okay, first of all, they already bought the food. They're not going to throw it away. That would be even more uh, barbaric is to just say, oh, yeah, we're just we already made this purchase. We already bought this food. It upset some people. Let's just toss it. Let's just waste that investment. So fuck you a little bit. 
We asked the store manager to send us the new menu. The revised menu included meatloaf, mashed potatoes, collard greens, and cornbread. This picture taken by the same employee showing what was served in store the day after Juneteenth. Fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, greens. Customers also felt the menu was insulting. I'm just frankly disappointed in the learning process. Like, you shouldn't learn after you've insulted all of your black employees. You didn't know what to do? This is the city where you could have asked somebody and gotten an intelligent response. Now, the store manager just got back to me a few minutes ago to re-emphasize that they deeply apologize and they realize they got the menu wrong. Reporting live in Midtown, I'm Tori Cooper, CBS 46 News. All right, so I don't know if you caught that, but there was so much hullabaloo that they changed the menu. They said, all right, a big portion of the food that we were going to have for Saturday, we're just going to have now on Sunday. And for Juneteenth, now you motherfuckers are having some dried up fucking meatloaf. Meatloaf, mashed potatoes. Yeah. 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 Why not mm-hmm. just have... You uh, still got the greens and, and cornbread. Yeah. I mean, why not just give them fucking potatoes and cabbage? Yeah. Give them the whitest shit ever. Yeah. Yeah. Give and them say, <laughs> how's that for Juneteenth, yeah. motherfuckers? Here's white bread and... uh and some peanut butter. You you you're getting food provided for you at work. What the fuck are you even bitching about? And I know, you had 33 it, people walk off the job that day. Fucking that's uh, it was nut up. Again, this goes back to what I said it, last week it's about people, the cereal, saying this is the most American shit ever. Right, and it and you got to look at man. You got to look at who who you're probably dealing with. <laughs> you're dealing with employees that grew up um thinking that everything was about race everything was all race which i didn't grow up that way uh you know it was uh now that was i'm not gonna say they weren't there weren't race racial shit going on when i was a kid because when i was a kid when i was a real real small kid that's when the crazy shit was going on in the 70s yes and and after that after the seven, I've said this on this podcast before, and I stick by this: the greatest this country's ever been, race-wise, as far as all the races getting along and everybody just doing their thing, was the eighties. It was the eighties and early nineties into yes. the early nineties. Yep, and it was it was great, man. It was a and nine eleven. That's basically on nine eleven. Everything changed in this country, yeah. and it changed in a way that that separated everybody. You know, that's where the separation started. It was on nine eleven. Well, I would and say. It, I would, it, I, well, I would it, say nine eleven unified everybody. Well, well no, no. And look, then after that, things quickly but, dissolved. But on nine eleven, after nine eleven, uh, I mean, this happened here when the when the Coca Cola man jumped on the fucking the guy from the middle east it was it started that's where it started man it started with the whole middle eastern thing everybody was afraid of somebody from the middle east or if somebody was on the Every, plane everyone and was it, biting into and, the propaganda and even comedians were making fun of it even you know they were like uh you know like dave Chappelle when he's talking about you know he gets on a plane and he's like and he said he sees the other black guy and he's like Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not looking at me. No, nope. <laughs> they're yeah. looking at they're look. You know, yeah. they're looking at we're you. We're in the clear now. Yeah, we're in the clear yeah. now. See, when it started with that, it broke off, and 
so many people started isolating over, over the internet, isolating and dealing with their own group of people. And then all of a sudden, every, everybody that was a different race or a, or a different, it, just different, just different. Anybody that was different was all of a sudden they're not, they're not in your tribe. And all that breeds is separation and hate. All it, that's all it breeds and it's getting worse every fucking day. Yeah. And there's nothing that we can do about it. It's the cat is out of the bag. Well, there's no desire and, to, to put a cap on right. it. Cause the way that I see it is I see nine 11 a different way where it unified everybody except Muslim Americans. They were left out. Yeah. However, black and white, there was no problem. Right. Not a yeah. problem. And it was a continuation of post OJ. Right. You know, the eighties were were good, you say. I don't know. I was a kid, so to me everybody was cool, like whatever. Right. But the nineties, you had the explosion with Rodney King, and then that died down. And then OJ kind of and there <laughs> in a lot of ways made up for that. Right. And right. we were cool then. Right. And everything was still fine even after nine eleven. To me, what I will always go back to as far as the linchpin between black and white relations in America is the Trayvon Martin Trayvon case. Martin, yeah, yeah. That is the nuke that set off that. That was the pebble on top of the snowy hill that got kicked down, and it has only picked up momentum and mass since then, intentionally. And this is these news stories. Now, what they're not showing you, and what I'm more interested in, is getting the actual data about this place. How many black employees do you, you know do you have? at this time is it is it greater than 33 is it less than 33 how many was it a bunch of woke white kids that yeah. said was it oh, a bunch this of, is was it a bunch of white liberal fucking bougie progs that walked off because they felt that they had to act on behalf of a minority that didn't give two fucks and they found two people that are black out of let's Let's just say there's 20 black people that work there. I guarantee you there's more. It's downtown Atlanta. How many people that are black see this and are fucking appalled at the reaction by it? I to guarantee, me, I guarantee to me, you the lieutenant governor of North Carolina is. Well, to me, that's the actual that's the actual news here is how many people didn't give a fuck about this. The fact that we're now to a point where they are picking apart menu items that are provided at work based on what race they are, you know, supposedly going to offend. Cater to, yes. Like, that is, this is America now. This is where we're at. Yeah, you can't even eat. You can't even eat. You can't even have a free meal given to you at work without it being racist. Get paid to be there to eat this meal. get paid to eat this meal without it being a racist meal. Yeah. I mean, what in the fuck? fucking soft are they trying to make us? Yes. We're already soft, but how much softer are they trying to make us? Oh, we're squishy. Because to me, I I wish that I knew people that worked in that Ikea place. And I guarantee you it's Atlanta. So I'm sure within like three people, three degrees of us, one of us is connected to somebody that works there. Right. And I guarantee you, they don't give a flying fuck. I actually knew somebody that worked for Ikea. I, I can't remember who it was, but yes. Yeah. I do know somebody that works there. I don't know if it's the one maybe, in Atlanta. Maybe it's just the industry that I work in where we we don't operate on this level. That's why when I when I talk about a lot of these news stories, this is not representative on how I was raised or 
or who I interact with, you know, as far as like my friends, like I don't come out against this because I'm some form of new wave neo-Nazi or alt-right or whatever. Right. It's because I work in a very diverse field. Majority of the people that actually do the work in my field aren't white. And I've, I've worked alongside them and bled sweat no tears because we're fucking men right but all the other ones and nobody we would fucking rag on each other some of the most racist shit i've ever heard was directed at me (laughs) from minorities right yes (laughs) and some of the most racist shit they ever heard was me in retort to them right and you know what all that was followed by? Laughing. A bunch of fucking laughter yep. and plans to go get beers when we got off work. Yep. Yeah. Cause we didn't we didn't live in this. Right. This is fake. And it's not and that and that's the way it's supposed to be. Look, you're to in order for people to get along, you have to be able to make fun of everything that's going on around you. Yeah. And if you can't do that. If you can't laugh at yourself and laugh at the people around you, if you can't, if everybody can't do that, then we're headed in, in a very, very dangerous direction. Yeah. And that's what's happened. It's you got comedians and actors and people that say things that, that totally canceled. You're canceled because you said it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean like Michael Richards. For example, <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's my, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, look, we got a, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he did it in a way, I'm sure he was doing it in a way to provoke a reaction 100%. and he did, and he did, he revoked the reaction, but it turned into a wave of shit that just came over him because somebody having to have their phone in there recording it yeah. while, while it was going on. And that's what made us who we are now. Everybody has a phone. Mm-hmm. Everybody can record shit. Everybody can can say, "Oh, look at this horrible shit that this person did," and not aim that shit at themselves and say, "Look at the horrible shit I did today." No, that that no, no, you can't do Accountability that. Accountability is always projected, exactly. And nobody wants to fucking own up to their own shit. They just want to bust people on their shit. Yeah. And it's that is the millennial way. That well, is the way of the millennial. And to and to play a little bit of Trumpyism in this, that's Chinese communism. Yes. That's your block captains yes. out there checking everybody else's fucking privilege at right. all times. Yes. You're you're now held accountable at all times by others that are always you could be you could be plastered. You could become a celebrity overnight right. if you say the wrong thing in yeah. front of somebody with a fucking phone. Yes. Oh, and I've I've heard multiple quotes from individuals that are familiar have lived through the regime. I think they compared, you know, to the Mao, you know, generation, where it's like America's looking very much like that. We are becoming very concerned because the concern over language. And how it's being used is so being so closely scrutinized. This is the type of thing that precedes the rise 
of um, you know that type of government. Yeah. My my biggest worry is America has lost its sense of humor. That that's my biggest thing. I mean, and and this goes all the way back to Richard Pryor and Lenny Bruce. We've talked about Lenny Bruce and Carlin yep. and all of these guys that you know, black comedians, white comedians, uh, hell, even Hispanic comedians, yep. saying shit that was racially fucking taboo now i mean they would be yeah. getting canceled now saying some of the shit that they say but it was funny as fuck and everybody in the room whether they were black white green or yellow it didn't matter fucking laughed at yeah it. they were yeah. on board. everybody laughed at they it. were on board it, exactly because they didn't come in with this activist mindset exactly they didn't come in thinking that uh anything this person says i'm gonna i'm gonna project this out and make them look like the fucking devil because to, to i make can me cut a, look good good exactly yeah. and that's what it's all about and and you know our song that is going to be our first release mm-hmm. uh which everybody on this podcast is listening you're going to hear this song first It'll be, You're gonna hear this song before this song comes out. It'll it'll take place of our outro music. And it's on an upcoming episode. Yes, and it will be. It's two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Two two podcasts from now is when you will hear it, and then it will come out the next week. It will come out the. It'll come out on the Friday that you actually hear the podcast. The podcast will probably come out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It depends on how. So you'll hear it fucking, the week before it comes out. You'll you'll hear it. Anywhere from a week to three or four days before it comes out. So this song, this song, it's called Over Again. Mm-hmm. There is a line in this song that Matt sings that is fucking brilliant to me. And he, he, you know, when we, when we write lyrics together, um, I like for him, to, I, I, I would rather for him to write his own parts for what he's singing, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and he came up with a line that is brilliant in this song. Everybody lives these days for praise is basically what the line of the song is going to say. Yep. And everybody wants that pat on the back. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. They want reinforcement that, was, that they're doing a good thing. Yes. But not just for them, but that they're, they're pushing humanity into this kind of holier-than-thou area. Yeah. What I'm more interested in is... Go interview the 16 people that don't give a fuck about this. Right. And have reality be the, the story. But there's no story. There's no news right. and normal. Yeah. It has to be something that is salacious yes. and fucking, yeah, ratings. Yeah. It's got to be something that clickbait. Because, because genuinely, everyday people in their everyday lives don't live like this. They don't no. give a fuck about this. This outrage is manufactured. It's fake for the most part. They're... And the people that live by this will never make it. Right. They will they will never make it. Right. They're only allowed to live this way because the establishment and the established narrative is pushing this thing. Right. It it's it's held up by fake pillars. There's no actual support behind this of any substantive manner. It's it's bullshit. It's it's not real. Well, see, and, and they, you know, they all, there's these saying, seek and ye shall find. And if our, if our media has been, um, you know, 
conditioning us to do anything. It's always to listen to news through this filter of how we have to um, just look out for these key phrases. And if you seek racism, you will find it. Oh, yes. In any you know place that you look. So now everything is under a microscope. It never used to be that way. And that's why I said that's why I said on a I've said this before everybody is racist. And I don't mean that in the way that everybody is a racist. I mean it in a way that everybody is used to their own. Black people, Hispanic people, white people, they whenever they are together, there's always something that another race will do that they don't do that that other race will find racist because they make fun of them for doing that but it's not something that matters it's not anything that matters it's just when people point these things out like we're talking about Mm -hmm. it's when people point the finger and say oh but they don't point the finger at their self it warms my fucking heart whenever there's a story of somebody that busted somebody out for some shit and then they get busted for doing the exact same thing that fucking warms my heart. I I am like, karma is a bitch. Well, and and not- all these people that do this kind of shit, that blow shit up, karma's a bitch. Karma is a bitch, and I totally believe in it. And if you point your finger at somebody, and you better be, <laughs> you better be damn sure that that finger's not going to come back at you. Well, speaking of that, one thing that has become quite evident is that a lot of these projections are just that because typically projections that people push out there are to mask their own failures in the arena in which they are accusing someone else of right. 99% of the time in these big major stories where one side is trying to push this I'm not racist at all you know my opponent is the most racist or my opponent is this or the guy or the, the people that I have the most disagreements with are the worst things possible. They're usually taking the worst things within themselves that they actively have done or do or want to do. And they put their bad shit on that that person. Yeah. Yep. And a perfect example of that is all of this is coming from the left. There's not a right winger out there that's pushing for equality of menu items based on race. Uh, this is clearly coming from one side of the aisle. Now, that same side of the aisle that's been pushing and really revved up behind this whole racial equality idea. It's funny because within their own ranks, they have some of the most racist people known to man. And let's, we can go straight to the top with this. And we don't even have to go up to Joe Biden. That's well documented. Racist as fuck. But the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. A few episodes ago, we did a little reading of our uh, our nation's first son. <laughs> and in his uh, communication with his attorney, we finished that segment hyperventilating from laughter mind you because it was fucking hilarious yeah 
then one, of, I, one of the greatest i mean moments real, of our podcast yeah real oh, yeah. text readings that, <laughs> I, that, was, that was just insane well it worked even better considering you you jim were the only one in the room who had actually had any previous knowledge of what those texts said no i don't want to build it up too much for what we're about to cover here sure but i i ended that segment with saying oh dear god please i hope there's more of this shit please just trickle it out so that i can at least be entertained while these criminals run our country and wouldn't you know it two weeks later we got another hunter biden text dump this one what and again a double wouldn't you know it is also pretty racially insensitive pretty racist yes (laughs) i'm starting to see a trend yes (laughs) so this story comes out of the new york post and what we're about to what we're about to read for you it's not nearly as good as what was released a couple weeks ago so let's tamper down the expectation but what we're about to read to you is a text thread between hunter biden and his cousin caroline biden about getting fixed up this is what they getting fixed up with someone this is basically him saying hey cousin i want i want a woman for the evening right what do you got now if this isn't does the me too movement still exist anywhere like are we are we still pushing for uh believe all women or don't don't sexualize women or, i think that or, i think it, that it, went that out die? with trump i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that died when Biden went into office. A lot of di- a lot of things died when yeah. Biden went into office. Yeah, it's almost like uh, they were bullshit to begin with. Uh, like, maybe. they didn't really have any staying power. They were just allowed to exist to be uh, an argument against the, the current regime that they just were so upset with. So what we have here is the January 26, 2019 conversation between Hunter Biden and his cousin... Caroline, I once again will be playing the role of Hunter Biden. Arona will be playing the role of Caroline Biden, Hunter's cousin. He's going to do his best female voice, I guess. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so now this looks like it's at, oh, 1 10 a.m. Just a normal text between family members. <laughs> so I'm, in, I'm inquiring about a female cousin she's a legend none of these women are except for diva but nicola and diva and ella and lucy will all know quality girls who are like i am distrusting and highly highly wary of evil i also have denise a german 26 no to lucy i think okay so fine do you want foreign or domestic? And you have to make the pitch directly. I can't give you fucking Asian. Sorry. I'm not doing it. Uh, domesticated foreigner is fine. I'd give you Isabella, but she has kids and an NBA ex-husband. No yellow. Yasmina? <laughs> no yellow so <laughs> not nearly apparently okay obviously hunter text with his attorneys are far funnier there's a lot more play along caroline's when, <laughs> not such a sport she literally has a 
fucking stable of women on the ready to lend out to her pervy ass cousin no i literally thought when i was looking at the text at first without any context i thought he was talking to a madam like you know trying to set up a hooker yeah well that is exactly what this is i don't know if people understand this or not but the biden family is a crime family this is the shit that they're into this whole and I understand the Q-tards totally fucked it up by making everybody a pedophile. But the Biden family has some deep-seated fucking just dastardly. Dude, you're not in you're not in the Senate for 47 years and not a fucking straight-up criminal. Yeah, well, you re- and every member of your family. Well, remember John McAfee talking about, well, I didn't get what I was looking for, but what I ended up uncovering was a lot of drugs and human trafficking. Yes. Well, what would make you think that our government's any different? And also, beyond that, what would make you think that Belize isn't working alongside our government to make that happen? To get leverage over certain people to work and do our bidding because, well, we get you fucked up, we get you laid, and now we own you. This is no different. This is now just an inner familial crime setup it's like oh yeah i've got all these girls but i'm not (laughs) i'm not giving you an asian again i won't fucking do it (laughs) this only leads to believe it leads me to believe there's a history there well look look you got guys like matt gets he's only been in there for what four or five years now if that yeah and and he's already he's already a player think of 47 years of that I will say this, and I will keep saying this over and over. If people keep voting for them, they're going to keep getting criminals. You know what's funny? There's a part, there's an aspect to the Game of Thrones, which I kind of wish they would implement here. And that is (laughs) if, well, and there's a lot of ways that this could go, (laughs) obviously. But remember in the Game of Thrones, the Master of Whispers... The guy that knew everything right. and that was pulling all the strings, he was kind of uncorruptible because right. he was a eunuch. Yes. I want all my leaders to be castrated. <laughs> we at least cut you out of one possible thing right. that'll sink you, which is the most common thing, and that is, you know, drag some strange in front of you and say, hey, you're going to do what I want. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's far more nefarious than you know bartering in back rooms going well i want this and you want that so let's compromise and let's let's have debate that's not how it happens russia has known that for years there's no telling how many russian women have been used in the in the united states government to get shit from politicians in the United States. Oh, for sure. It is. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now China's starting to do it. Now now China's starting Dude, to send I can't, their women over I here. can't wait for Gen Z to take over, you know, because they're totally not sexually active. They're going to have to, like, create a whole new way to, uh, you know. <laughs> it's going to be through video games. <laughs> yeah. You want the new PS24? Yeah. Huh? Right this way. There it is. <laughs> but I need that trade deal with yeah. Israel. Make it happen. But, yeah, you know. I'm glad that they're still leaking out Hunter texts, but I'll be honest, do better. That oh, wasn't yeah. that. That wasn't no. nearly that good. Oh, oh, 
the guy who's talking about his dick and saying the N bomb and and there's pictures out there with, you know, all the salacious shit. And now Crack it's like, oh, he, he also was setting up like women on call through his cousin, which is kind of creepy. But apparently he he's not a fan of Asians. Like, I don't care. But why the fuck is he not getting strung up in the middle of the road by his own side where talking like this is supposed to be so bad that at Ikea, if they give you the wrong food, people walk. He can sit here and be exposed for being not only a womanizer, but being a bigot. Also having this all in the family where they have stables of women that are only there for sexual desires and not a fucking peep. Not a fucking peep. That's how you know, yet again, all of this social justice warrior social construct is fake. Well, it's all about also what they started us out with. Our appetizer to Hunter and all that was on that laptop was a picture of him with a crack pipe. You've got to <laughs> you've got to be in awe of anybody that can pass out smoking crack. Yeah. That I mean that is that dude's a, got some hours put in. That's a fucking uh, that's like I mean I just I still to this day I don't that's the one picture that I don't understand. How can he be passed out with a crack pipe in his mouth? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. It was probably the Asian the last Asian chick that he got shacked up with. When after he was passed out, she placed the pipe in front of him. Was like, "I get you, motherfucker." Took a picture of it, and they were like, "That's it. No more yellows. <laughs> no more yellows. Give me a Denise next time, preferably German. <laughs> I want some sauerkraut." I think I, I forget which one of you made this, uh, you know, argument, but it was just kind of like. You know, they probably just, uh, you know, turned everything the hunter did and put it on Trump. And it's just like, yeah. so the the actual piss tape is probably Hunter. I guarantee you <laughs> there's a tape out there somewhere. There's video on that laptop of Hunter getting pissed or shit on by a bunch of questionable women of different uh, uh, nationalities. That's, Let's the, just say. That's, the what I've been, that's what I'm waiting on is the video. Yeah, because yeah. you know there's got to be video on that laptop. Oh, well, yeah, no, I've seen video from hours that laptop. Of it. I mean, hours. him smoking crack, getting the foot job yeah, by the yeah, whore that yeah. that came off of that. No, no, I know, but I'm just saying that's just a little. That's you know. Yeah, but the laughing stops when they do pull the pictures of fellow family members that might be underage. Yeah, and in various states of undress, and that is the whole point. These are actual evil people. Doing things that you would you would kill people for engaging in. Like, if I found out that there was a grown man banging a younger family member of his and they happen to be a member of my family, I'd have to get the family together because we're about to have a familial funeral. I would wax that dude right the fuck off this earth. These are the people that are in the positions of power that we're supposed to be cheering for or cheering against. That's like Game of Thrones, you know, Jamie Lannister and Cersei, brother and sister. Yeah. Making making babies, you know, (laughs) making kings and shit. It's just odd. It's interesting and odd. But uh, 
Yeah, it's a different, it's just a completely different uh, world for them people. It is. It's uh, nothing is against the law for them. They're above the law. I'm above the law. They are straight up above the law. Yeah, they're Judge Dredd. And they're, and the hedonism and, and just straight up fucking wackiness. De- I mean, debauchery. It's just, yeah. It's just the thing, like I said, the things that they do probably daily would just shock the shit out of all of us. Yeah. And guaranteed. Yeah. And there's Everybody this whole, there's this whole smoke screen of like other shit, like, fried chicken and watermelon in atlanta uh well that's the distraction that's yeah, the way exactly. to keep you distracted from all the shit that they're doing exactly you know? and 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 looking back to last year the whole george floyd thing that was a massive distraction uh there was a story that came out where they there's all these statues of george floyd getting erected all over america which is odd because he only lived in houston and minneapolis but i guess new york needs a statue why the fuck not and there's a story where they erected a a bust of George Floyd in New York where it's built out of wood. It's one of these statues where it's just sheets of plywood that are stacked on top of each other, but it's laser cut so that when you put it all together, it makes up the bust of George Floyd, you know, from from the shoulders up. All right. And easily flammable. In the time where there's a wood shortage, it's probably the most expensive sculpture released <laughs> in years, regardless of the material. So it's just, and not only that, they, the color of it is white. A George <laughs> Floyd, look it up, George Floyd statue in New York, because it got vandalized five days after it was unveiled. Um, imagine that. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody's put a flame to it yet. If well, it's made out of wood, well, it's really compact. Yeah. It's it, it's gonna it's gonna take some opening up to get some air in there to make right. it flammable. Right. But they they're claiming it was vandalized because somebody painted the face black. Now, I don't really know if I would call that vandalism. You created a white bust of a black man, and somebody. The way I see it, tried to correct it. Right. Yeah. Yes. And if you look it up online, it looks like they got stopped midway through. <laughs> because they were doing a really good job of like really filling in the, the cracks and crevices and, and then it just stops. <laughs> but it, actually, it looked almost like fine art. It was like, oh, this looks way better. Because when I saw the original picture, I was like, that's retarded. I just don't see how... I mean... Uh, I, I get he's a symbol and all that, you know, but I he just, does not deserve I just, statues, though. Not no. not in every city Be, and no, every, not I mean, in any. I mean, he yeah. was not a good human being. I mean, it's like I mean, I'm not saying he deserved. Uh, I mean, if you want to b- believe the side of things where he was torch had a torturous ending, no one deserves that. At the same time, though. You do not become a martyr for a cause just because the optics look right. Yeah. Why aren't there statues being uh, commissioned now for the Puerto Rican couple in Chicago? They got pulled out of their car and gunned down uh, last week. That was national news. Everybody saw that video. They didn't do anything wrong. I don't think that they ever uh, were found themselves in the same situation as George Floyd. 
it's because it's constructing a narrative. It's because it's a distraction. And Derek Chauvin, regardless of what you would say about him, um, he was the scapegoat. Did and and him me calling him a scapegoat doesn't justify everything that he did in that nine and a half minute long video. No, he fucking sucks. He should have. Yeah. He should have checked for a pulse. He should have done a lot of different things. But I've been over this on the episodes that you and I did, Arona, where we were talking, and we didn't. We the time that we took off was during the Chauvin trial. But you know that I was watching every day the coverage of the trial i heard the testimony i heard the cross examinations i i heard the entire case that as it was presented and a reasonable person would have looked at that case and would have not would not have delivered a guilty on all all charges verdict just wouldn't have happened because they made a case that it was it was beyond a reasonable doubt to say that Chauvin acted with malicious intent and the intent to kill. However, I also said on one of those prior episodes where we went over the three charges that he had, and I said, I think it's only one of the three, if you actually wanted to be honest about it, second-degree murder or, or third-degree, whichever one is like, the results of my actions were that this guy died, but there was no, there was no malicious intent. There was no pre-planning. There was no, none of this other stuff. But I said, however, the jury is likely not going to rule based on reason and logic. They are going to rule a verdict based on the amount of pressure they're under to deliver the most maximum guilty verdict. And I said on that episode, if I didn't say it explicitly, I implied that I wouldn't be surprised if he's found guilty on all charges because the jurors don't want that heat coming back on them. Yeah. And we talked about that while the, we talked about that while the trial was going on. And I remember I told you, I said, they're going to get him on everything. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It was, because it it was, was surprising a- for me to hear a lot of other people that pay attention to this stuff that were like, he was found guilty on all charges? I didn't even know that was possible. Uh, uh. How could this be? This is what and I, I was think. like. How the fuck are you not aware that this was always the thing that was going to happen? Whatever the charge is that uh, he didn't mean to kill the guy, but he didn't give a fuck that he killed him. Mm-hmm. I think that's the charge. Negligent homicide. Yeah, that's the charge that it should have been because it's obvious that I, I don't think he meant to kill the guy, but. I don't think that he gave a fuck that the guy died either. Correct. I don't think he gave a gave a shit. And and for that alone, that's you know that's a that's evil. That's an evil person. <laughs> but it's, it's it's never gonna. I don't see it changing anytime soon. No. I mean, but the one thing that needs to change is when this shit happens. Don't burn down half of America. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. think that that's going to change anything. Yeah. All you're going to do is get more funding for the cops. Uh, in most places, and it that's one direction another direction you're going to get a lot of the good cops that just don't want to put up with this bullshit walking so now you're stuck with the bad ones congratulations you made yeah. everything worse a country full of them hey citizens you just fucked up well the only reason why i even brought this up <laughs> was not for this long 
worn out conversation. I was just going to play what Derek Chauvin said because he finally talked during his sentencing for the first time because he did not take the stand. And it's rather fucking cryptic. Uh, Mr. Chauvin, this is your opportunity if you wish to uh, give any input to the court. And so I turn it over to you and your attorney. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, At this time, due to some additional legal matters at hand, I'm not able to give a full formal statement at this time. Um, But very briefly, though, I uh, do want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, There's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest. And uh, I hope things will give you some some peace of mind. Thank you. And I'll note that I did read your comments in the pre-sentence investigation. That's I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that's about. That was interesting. But that's all we got to work with. So, so what did he? What was his uh, sentence though? Twenty-two and a half years mm, okay. in the federal pen. And plus time served, but, uh, I mean, what's one year when you're looking at, well, it 20, been, no shit. you know, I don't know how their law is there, but it, 22 and a half years would be 11, 11 years, three months. It's if they do the day that they, they, they have, you know, serve a day, get a day, serve a day, get a day in a lot of States. They have that now. Well, he'll, and the reason they have that is because of overpopulation of the prisons because of taxes and weed. Yeah. So, yeah, he's not going to serve that full time. Well, actually, let me take that back. <laughs> if anybody's going to serve their full time, yeah, I was it might be say, him. Yeah. But that's the scapegoat. Right? Yeah, if he's not he killed ha- first, he yeah. has to serve. He, he has to take the full brunt of this. Now, the, he has to survive. Now, that's what he has. Well, yeah, 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 or nay. Yeah, he could die tomorrow, I, and they would be just as happy with that. No, I'm just saying. I I think it's going to be hard for him to survive in prison. I think he'll have his own cell, and I think he'll have single time. Well, alone they already outside. had the you know they had the meeting this week where the uh, the feds met with the state of Minnesota about that about his safety during his term in prison. So. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll put him up someplace, and he'll have he'll have his own deal. I'm not fuck Chauvin. Like, l- I'll, let me get that out. Fuck Chauvin. Nothing that I said was in support of him as a singular human. Fuck him. He also deserves where he's at. He acted in such a way. However, I don't know what the fuck that means as far as what he just said. Yeah, it's but, cryptic. But because I pay attention to these kind of stories, if anything comes out of that, we'll be here to tell you what the fuck comes of it one thing that is true is that the the trials for the other officers involved are next march that might have been something that he was leading to as far as further information should give you peace of mind whatever that might be it i don't know we're, we're left with nothing but what the fuck but that was news it broke today it's pertinent to our podcast i, <laughs> did, I had no intention of having a 20 minute <laughs> rehashing of cops and Derek Chauvin and George Floyd, but uh, it is what it is. Well, real short. Um, I don't. I don't think we want to speak too long about uh, COVID, but I did want to follow up on some things that we were talking about last week. Joe Rogan this week. Uh, he had a very appropriate 
uh, episode. It was an emergency podcast. <laughs> yeah. Eric Weinstein was on and brought on with him uh, Dr. Pierre. And uh, he was more the focal point, I'd say, for the podcast, especially. He's had quite a few uh, YouTube channels, and all of them have been since taken offline by YouTube for spreading misinformation. And so... I did want to just play a real, qu- a real quick clip just to give it to you, but I think everyone should go back and actually listen to the podcast because it is quite illuminating. Well, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, you and I, Doug, about ivermectin and, you know, there's already cures out there that they won't really pass because there's more money in the vaccine than there is treatments. Yeah. 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 And if anything, this Joe Rogan episode just re-solidified that. So, 100%. Fire it up. There is room for skepticism on ivermectin, but it does not explain the behavior of the skeptics, right? In other words, if we look at the standard of evidence that they appear to be applying here, I don't think it's defensible in the end, but reasonable people could potentially disagree. The problem is, when you've got a drug that's this safe, that does appear to work in many of the studies that have looked at it, and you're not giving it to patients who show up and test positive for COVID, even when you know that for viral disease diseases, treating them early is the key to helping them, that doesn't add up. Because if, you know, the Hippocratic Oath in this case would suggest that the safest thing to do is to give the drug. And if it doesn't work, you haven't harmed them. But if you fail to give it to them and it would have worked, you have. So I would just point out the strange obsession with large randomized controlled trials is actually cryptically an attack on several things. If you're going to insist that that is the only kind of evidence you will accept before prescribing this drug, you're signing up for new expensive drugs over cheap repurposed ones. You're signing up for unknown risks <laughs> over known ones. We know 40 years of history on this ivermectin for example you're signing up for shareholders over patients because these large-scale trials are very expensive and the drug companies have to pay for them so you're basically saying any drug that's out of patent and therefore nobody is going to uh you know lobby for it isn't going to be able to find the money to do the trials and you're signing up for effectively phase three information over phase four now phase four is an informal designation for the phase after a drug comes to market, right? The point is you don't really know how dangerous something is until you've seen it in a large population that has lots of variation in it and has enough time for problems to develop, right? That's phase four. But what we've done is we've effectively suspended a lot of the rules of evidence for things like vaccines that were brought to uh, market under emergency use authorizations, and then we're setting a stupidly high standard for things that are very safe and appear to work. And I would just say, by analogy, what's the best kind of evidence for a crime, right? I would say video evidence of people committing the crime, right? Video evidence in which you get a clear sense of who the person who's committing the crime is, okay? Let's all agree that that's the best evidence. What if we said that's the only evidence we're going to accept because we have really high evidentiary standards, right? There's no crime if it didn't get recorded on video where you can see the person's face. Okay? Well, then the point is, 
all right, now effectively lots of stuff that we would like to make illegal isn't illegal because all you got to do is make sure there's no camera around and you can do it. That's what they're effectively doing here, right? By insisting on that standard and ignoring all of the very high quality evidence that has come in some other form, they are effectively setting a bar so high that it can't be met. And why they're doing it, we can speculate about. But the fact that it makes no logical sense is transparent. Well, there was a part earlier in that episode where I think they made the point far more poignantly, where they said there was a trial with like 70 people where they gave them ivermectin in another country, I think Mexico. And every single one of them was completely cured of COVID. Yeah. That's what I was talking. Remember, yeah, I talked yeah. about it on the podcast. And to me, it's and, like that's it. Everything yeah. else beyond this yeah. is duh. Yeah. And most recently, uh, it's helped to also bring India out of you know disaster. Yeah. This is not an unbeatable thing. We could have beaten it a year ago. And it's been around. This ivermectin shit has been around forever. Yeah. It's used on it's, animals. It's, it's cheap. Uh, it's yeah. readily available. Yeah. We could have ended this before it ever was a pandemic, but they chose not to because the powers that be would rather have you scared, weak, and possibly dead. That's always not the, the worst case scenario for them so that they can get their shit through. That, 9-11. That is, that, is the, that is the lesson to be learned here. And... You know, it, it's funny what they compare to 9-11, January 6th, other dumb shit. But the one thing that happened this week that is far closer to 9-11 is the building collapsing in Miami, where it's an absolute tragedy. And I think right now, before we came on, there's four people confirmed dead and 154 people still missing. 159. <laughs> Well, I was hoping it went down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but either way, that is that is an actual tragedy. COVID, to me, is not. Because it could have been stopped. It could have been stopped and should have been stopped. And that's the thing you got to remember. All these motherfuckers that are out there touting the fact that they got a... Look, I got my vaccine. I got, you didn't even need the vaccine. We could have ended this and we still can end this. If, even if you get COVID. There's shit that's already out there. It's cheap as fuck. And John McAfee had a unit in that building, supposedly, <laughs> with, the, with the 31 terabyte hard drive. That's where all those laptops were. Yeah. No, I'll always be the person to say that I believe that this was all set up for a reason. They wanted to be able to control us. They wanted to be able to lock us down, see how far they could take that, so they know how much more they can control us. I'm... I, not always the tinfoil hat man, but I'm sorry. In this case, I will 100% always believe that this was put out intentionally. Well, to me, it's simple as fuck. Trump was never supposed to win. Hillary was supposed to be in. The Great Reset was supposed to happen years ago. They got set back. They saw this as an opportunity. They unload. They unloaded it onto the the world. It was only going to really knock off old people. So what's the difference? They were going to. A lot of them are going to die this year anyway. And, well, if we can also make trillions of dollars and push out a vaccine that's who gives a fuck what its outcomes might be, uh, let's totally suppress all the information about other proven known things that already exist that can fight this. And while we're at it, let's rewrite some election laws and get out the guy that wasn't ever supposed to be in so we can get Biden in, who's more of a puppet than Hillary, and really get this great reset going. 
It's uh, it all lines up in one direction, and I don't give a fuck if I sound like Alex Jones or Tinfoil Hat because that's what we're on. That's what we're all going through right now. So look at where we started. Look at where we are. Look at how we got here, and tell me where I'm wrong. Follow the money. That's what you do. Yeah. You follow the money. Yeah, to and me all it's... of these, all this money that's been spent. You know the whole uh, what? What did Trump call it? The uh, you know the race for the vaccine what was it called operation warp speed yeah okay operation warp speed how much money was how much money from operation warp speed went to all the people in dc well yeah How, how much money i mean can you can anybody investigate that? No, they won't because they'll what, be what a better political win, you know, than to get your opponent to champion this this uh, modern marvel of of human engineering, right? While also making a shitload of money because he is an amoral businessman. So on his his final crescendo before he gets railroaded out of the office is to do the bidding. Of the people that wanted him out to begin with. To me, this all makes perfect sense. He was never supposed to be there. Case and point how how the reaction to him being in office was the entire time he was in office. Uh, they couldn't get him out fast enough. All right. And you, we just so happen to have a global pandemic that should have could have been ended on day one. I don't know. Put a tinfoil hat on me. I don't give a fuck. But I think eventually history will tell that I'm not that far off. That's a money grab. And with that, next week, ladies and gents, will be our one-year anniversary. We hope to have some special treats in store. Uh, it's amazing that we're capping off a year. Crazy. Yeah. Most podcasts don't last past, I think... I've heard different metrics. Most podcasts don't last past seven episodes or 20 episodes, something like that. There's there's a wide array of where podcasts typically self-destruct or fail to exist. And and we've gone through different iterations. There's been episodes with just me and Doug. There's been episodes without Doug and just me and Arona. There's been no episodes for a couple months at a time. But here we are a year later. We're still putting it out and uh like i said when we came back i have no intention of taking another three months off still talking shit i mean (laughs) the world is crazy still still having fun as long as the world is crazy we're gonna have something to talk about if the world gets boring then uh we'll have to get creative but until then we'll leave it up to the world and we'll talk to y'all next week see ya